0: Hi, you guys. Welcome to today's episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Nicole Overkamp, a personal finance expert and business coach for women. I loved this conversation because Nicole and I share an immense passion for empowering women and helping them to be their best. And I just love Nicole's energy. Talking to Nicole is like talking to a good friend she's just supportive and empathetic but also gives you a little bit of tough love and that kick in the pants motivation that i think we all need to get out of our own way so who is nicole nicole overcamp is a personal finance expert and business coach for women she's the founder and ceo of both wilcox financial group and pow her house money coaching Overcoming her years at a large, toxically masculine financial firm, Nicole uses her money mastery skills to foster no-judgment environments where women can be open and shameless about their finances and habits. She knows that a critical factor in growing wealth is one's mindset and self-worth. It's also about setting boundaries, having discipline, and knowing you're worth every dollar you invest in yourself, your future, and your life. Nicole's signature is her authentic, no-BS, energetic approach that makes a typically challenging subject fun and engaging. She's competitive and completely addicted to her client's success. In our conversation, we talk about the things that get in women's way in knowing their worth, how shame makes us feel small, authenticity and the importance of discovering what you want, the beauty of a time awareness blog, which is just super cool, and so much more. You guys can follow Nicole's business, Pow her House Money, on Instagram, where there's fun tips, videos, uh, a link in her bio to everything that they have going on with workshops and courses. Uh, she also has a private Facebook community, the Money Bitch community, and please go check out Nicole's book, Money Bitch, which you can get anywhere books are sold. All right, and without further ado, Here is my conversation with the lovely Nicole Overkamp. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. So I'd love to start by asking you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your mission in the world.
1: Sure. So I am the CEO and founder of Wilcox Financial Group and Powerhouse Money Coaching. Wilcox Financial Group is a financial planning firm for women and couples, and we focus on holistic financial planning as well as investments, insurances, and then Powerhouse Money Coaching. I I joke, it's the company that stemmed from all the lessons we learned in Wilcox Financial, right, where we offer money coaching to women, so I, I've learned over the years that not everybody is ready for a financial plan off the gate. Sometimes it is just overwhelming and overkill, and so we, we focus on money coaching to help women understand where their money is going, increase their credit score, maybe pay down debt, and really work a lot on money mindsets habits, behaviors, feeling worthy of money. And we also do business coaching for service-based female entrepreneurs as well. Again, over the years and in building a business over the last decade, I've learned a lot. I failed fast. And so it's about coaching other women to avoid those mistakes, but really step into their full potential. And that company is where we also have a lot of our online courses. We wrote our book, Money Bitch, and it's it's really all of all of the fun stuff, right? And, and our overarching mission with both companies and truly like every part of my body is, is all about empowering women to own their future and, and really feel good about the decisions they're making, confident in everything that they're doing and, and looking at the future with a lot of inc- excitement, excuse Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm just getting over a cold. My voice is a little raspy. Um, and, and it's just, it's so much fun to see that, that shift and that change with everyone that,
0: that we have the privilege truly of working with. I love your passion and it's so much in alignment with my passion. Cause this is why this is similar stuff to, to what I do every day as well. I'm curious, where did it start? How did you become so passionate for helping women around their finances? I think it was a combination
1: of growing up in my—I lived with my mom, single mom, and raised both of us. And um, she, she, she did the best she could, but she always had to depend on someone else, or depend on a man, or a relationship that she wasn't happy in. To support us. And uh, from a very young age, I, I knew that I wanted to always be able to be on my own, support myself regardless of the circumstance, and not have to worry about depending on someone else before I'm able to make my own decisions. And so it definitely started there. I mean, I started working and hustling like when I was super young. Um, and, and then where I started as a advisor, it was in a very male dominated firm. And I, I saw a lot of what happened in terms of conversations with those advisors and other couples and how women weren't heard, um, they weren't listened to or talked to, and then how I was treated. Um, it, it was really, uh, you know, I wish I knew uh, then what I know now, um, but but really going through that and struggling and having to fight just to be heard or just to be treated like I had a brain, uh, you know, I, I, I learned that I didn't want anybody else to have to go through that if I can play a small role in it, or if I can make Someone feel more confident quicker than I did, or be more responsible, and, and give them the tools, really, um, that's needed to make better decisions. And so, it, you know, it, it kind of snowballed from from those life experiences, and and just knowing that I can do better, and and really contribute to something a lot bigger than myself.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating when you think about the the personal experiences that you've been through, and then the commonalities how you know you might feel like you're the only one going through it at, at the time but everyone else is dealing with this too it's a cultural it's a systemic thing all these women are dealing with it as well so when you actually have the the voice and i guess the platform and the bravery to put yourself out there and start something like this you realize that you're not alone every all these other people are dealing with it as well so it's actually a very common and really cool way to connect in that way. And I think that for women, women like working with other women too. So that's probably the beauty of it, right? Uh, Yeah. 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 Tell us a little bit about the book.
1: So the book uh, is about financial planning, but no, it's a, it's a lot more fun than that. We, we wrote the book because we wanted to take this concept that a lot of women shy away from, or it doesn't exactly sound like a priority or fun and make it, totally relatable. And and we told all of these uh, different stories, real life stories of of clients, our own personal stories, because to your point, Megan, like we are all more alike than we are different. Um, I have messed up with money in the past. I'm not perfect. I, You know, it's my my career now. I'm a a personal finance expert, but that doesn't mean I didn't make a ton of mistakes, Um, you know, and and so talking about that, and so we, we really walk through every part of financial planning but really starting with the two things that we see come up all the time is is asking for help doesn't mean you're helpless. It's our first chapter. Um, And you're not a bitch for saying no is the second chapter because really at its core, um, so many of us need permission to set boundaries or say no and, and really make choices that are more in alignment with what we actually want authentically. And then knowing that we can ask for help and we shouldn't feel shameful for doing so. And then all of the other things that that follow in, in that, you know, and, and really talking about spending intentionally and and what that's like, and in making sure that you're putting your money where your goals are, and in giving the. Real information about why you want to think about insurance, if it's something that you you want to consider, and and investments, and questions to ask, questions to ask financial advisors, and um, you know we hear that a lot too when when we're talking to clients. Is I, I was afraid to ask a question because they seemed really busy, or I didn't know what questions to ask, and uh, and so we provided all of those tools in the book, literally is like a, a guidebook, and then wanted to to really provide resources to women to hopefully um, not only give them information and to know that they're not alone and they're not the only one and there's other people like them, but also spark action so that they really have that, that momentum, if you will, to, to make that step forward, to get themselves into a better position wherever they may be in their lives, whether they're just getting started or they're a seasoned executive, you know, it really is a, a very relatable book for, for everyone.
0: Awesome. I think it's amazing. And I think everybody should ha- at least have that foundation that of, of those concepts that are brought up in the book, right? You know, one of the things you just said was it's kind of stepping back and seeing the bigger picture and the intention. And I think so many women, you know, we're trained in this culture to just take action and just do things. And we don't actually know why, and nor do we have the confidence or the, I guess, Self worth. If, if that's if it gets down to that level, to actually like not only ask other people, but ask ourselves why, right? Like, why are we doing this? And let me actually, you know, step outside of my ego here, and let me ask mm-hmm. for without. Yeah, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm stupid, or you know that, or perceive me as being. You know, too much or whatever it is, because women are taught to stay small, right, and to to not have as as big of a voice. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's really just like there's a powerful concept in stepping back and saying and looking at kind of the bigger why and the intention of of what it is that we're doing here and what money actually means to you. So I think that's really cool. And I'm sure you see all the time with your clients, right? That with both of your businesses and stories that you have been in the book, different themes and you know concepts that are very nuanced, particularly for women when it comes to money. So I'd love to hear a little bit more um, from your perspective what some of those kind of recurring themes are that get in women's way when it comes to feeling confident and, and in control of our financial life?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think one of them literally is just, is confidence, right? In in knowing what you're worth, or sometimes we know what we're worth, but we're afraid to speak up or we don't know how, uh, because we fear what the repercussions could be. And so what, what I see a lot Is that women, we do what, sometimes we just do what we think we should do, uh, or we make assumptions that people are going to notice. And we are very poor often at being our own advocate at cheerleading for ourselves, at speaking up for what we want and what we need. And, and that relates to, to money a lot of the time and, and mostly in the career place, right? It, you know, If you look at the statistics, it's women, of course, statistically make less than men, but it's not just because like employers are paying them less. A lot of that is because they're asking for a raise less. They're not speaking up about wanting to be partner because they're thinking they'll just be asking for working hard or um, really cheerleading in a way where, men just do naturally. And so there's, there's that part of it. And and even today I I was in a meeting with, with a client of mine and she's a partner at a, a medical practice. She bought her way in, she earned her way to the table and she has these really cool ideas to add a revenue stream to the practice and, and build the business. And she hasn't spoken up about it because she, she said that the other, there's only two partners, they're male, um, they're older, they've been there forever. They're the only ones that speak at the meetings and her, um, She's never asked questions and no one listens to her. And so I said, well, ask to be put on the agenda, speak up. And she's like, well, I can do that. Yes. Like you're, you're, you're an owner in that business just because you weren't asked or you've gotten kickback doesn't mean that you can't push the envelope. You have a right to be there just as much as everybody else. And, and she almost, she needed that push that permission to like do the thing, even though like she inside wanted to, she knows she's made for more. Um, and, And so I see that a lot And and I also see procrastination a lot as well. I think there's this fear of not taking action or not seeking help because uh a few things. One, sometimes we just don't want to know. Like we're afraid to know and we we work ourselves up for our financial situation to be way worse than what it really is. You know, everything's figure outable and, and sometimes we 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 feel like we should be in a better spot than we are. So I'm just gonna wait until I'm in that better spot, which may never happen if you don't get help. But we we say that to ourselves, right? Um, I'll just do it next week, next month or when I pay this off or whatever the case may be. And 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 then the other part of that procrastination is if it's not you're you're not afraid of, of what you're going to see maybe you're you're you don't want to have to change because change is hard it's uncomfortable and you're afraid of what you're going to be told um, or you're embarrassed you feel you feel this amount of shame around where you are and you feel like you should know more or you feel like you should be further ahead for the income that you're earning and, and what you have to show for it and so that shows up a lot as well you know, I, I would say is, is like the two things, I, I guess, most common, or maybe that's just what's been happening over the most like last couple of weeks, right? Um, with the conversations that I've been having. Um, and then the third, and, and this is, I would say for all of the couples out there, um, th- it seems this year, especially like there's so many um, couples that are uncomfortable talking about money together and bringing that up or women who are afraid to approach the conversation with their spouse or get them on board if their spouse is resisting and that's huge. You know, you have to play as a team doesn't mean you have to have all joint accounts, we have to play as a team if you're going to stay married, retire together and, and do the thing. And, and that's been a, another thing that that's coming up quite a bit lately is, is that struggle of how do I get my husband on board or my wife on board? How do we have that conversation? What questions do I ask in a way that opens them up to the idea of having a plan versus me having so much anxiety around whether or not we're going to be okay. So,
0: and that's more of an art than a science, right? I think totally. When, yeah, especially yeah. like you know, you can do all this work with on yourself and your own mindset and your own confidence, but when it comes to somebody else, you can't control somebody else, right? So, you really have to have a conversation or approach a conversation in a way that they won't, uh, the other person won't be defensive or or offensive, right? Or or just get very much, you know, get uncomfortable around it. So I think that's, that's a, a skill that takes a lot of practice to learn. Um, probably yeah. working, I'm sure in your area where you're working with, with couples, how much of your work is with couples versus individuals?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. Um, uh, man, I have, I'm not sure we work with a lot of couples, yeah. um, a lot of couples. Yeah. In in, so, you know, my, I'd be lying to you if I made up a statistic, but it's, yeah. it's, it's not a, a single woman. It's, it's, it's a couple. And so it's, it's definitely a good majority. And, and it, it is definitely an art in how you're asking the questions too. like, I'll, I'll work with them on that quite a bit. And, and there is a little bit of a bell curve, like sometimes the, you know, the spouse will come in kicking and screaming and doesn't want to be there. And then, you know, a couple months later, they're like loving all of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, because they realize it's not, That's scary. And it's actually very helpful to have that neutral person walking through that. And and what they usually find is like, they're now each carrying less of a burden that they didn't even realize, right, was, was going on before kind of opening up uh, that conversation and really talking through things.
0: Well, and the more you are able to connect with yourself and discover what actually is creating this anxiety and fear in yourself the more you're able to kind of have that self-awareness and be able to bring that to the partnership. Right. And to be able to say, well, that actually isn't you. I might be projecting it on you, but that isn't you. It's actually me. And these are my own fears and this is why. So I'm sure that's a beautiful, very like, a fun process to go through with your clients. Right. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. It is. It is <laughs> a lot of fun, you know, yeah, I, um, I would yeah, love yeah. to. Yeah.
0: You, you touched on something a few minutes ago that Mm -hmm. I'd love to just chat about a little bit. And that's the concept of shame Mm -hmm. and a lot of women and myself included have, I, 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 I've, I've worked through this, but we have this kind of, I think it's very subconscious feeling of shame. Like you said, like maybe we should be further along than we are, or maybe we we're ashamed of, I see this a lot with my clients, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to share their uh, personal information in terms of like spending, like ex- exactly. what their expenses are and stuff, but that's truly the only way that you're going to be able to, to understand what's, what you what's, what's going on, right? Where are you spending yeah. your money? Where are you putting your mo- your money and your attention towards, right? Your resources. And so that I think in particular for women is a, a big concept more so than men. And I'd love for it to get your thoughts on shame and sort of what some of the tips and tools that you work with women on specifically in that area. Yeah,
1: I think it is, it it shows up in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah.
1: And with with women, in part, we are very uh, worried about what others think of us more so than men. And so in, in some instances, we, we put all this pressure on ourselves of what we should be doing, where we should be, how we should be acting, how much money we should have, or or whatever the case may be. And I mean, I used to do it to myself too, and I still struggle with it quite a bit. Like every, you know, old me, like every birthday I had would, would have like, this, like, I would fall into this deep, dark depression of like, oh my goodness, I'm already 30 and I'm only this far, you know, I've only done this much. And I would, I would have this big feeling of shame and, and I'd compare myself to everybody else who I admired and, and thought I should be so much further ahead. And it made me feel so small, um, you know, and and I I didn't realize, and, and, you know, of course, with like my, thank God for my husband and my friends like had to like remind me of like, well, look where you've came, look what you've done. And, and in talking to to clients and, and, and women, especially about money, it's like a lot of it is reminding them of how worthy they are, what they've earned, what they've already accomplished, the hard things that they've done already. And in building their wealth and in working on this next journey is not the hardest thing they've ever done. Right. And in helping them feel comfortable with the the vulnerability that comes in with money and knowing that no matter where you are, you can have positive progress. And there is no shame in this game. You know, we, we learn and we grow from that. And the best thing you can do for yourself is to just show up, you know, just show up and wherever you are, we'll meet you there, right? Yeah,
0: yeah and be willing to be vulnerable and yeah. be self-aware. And I think that's so much of the process in all of this is just saying, okay, I'm going to learn something about myself today. Mm-hmm. And you don't even realize the impact, the longer-term impact that that has by doing something that, seem, that that's seemingly so small, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's so true.
0: Yeah. I, I, and I think that is actually a really good transition to something I wanted to talk about as well, which is authenticity. So you know, we had kind of chatted a little bit before about how women tend to think that instead of actually being like truly ourselves, we mm-hmm. tend to act as the way we want to be perceived Right. As coming across, I'm not doing this justice here, but (laughs) what what do we want versus what does somebody else want for us Mm -hmm. or or what do we want the world to see us as? Right. And so I think that's a really big it's been a very big theme for myself in the way that I approach the world. Mm-hmm. You know, when I get caught up in the every day and I'm not actually kind of taking a, a step back to check in with myself and say, okay, who really am I and what do I want today? And what's going, you know, where am I in life? And just kind of to have that quiet time to, to focus on that when I get so caught up in everything, I, it's harder to do that. And so I think, I guess I'm curious from your perspective, what issues around authenticity have come up and how do you address that with, with your women clients as well? You know, cause I think so much of it is we don't really even know ourselves as well as maybe we think we do, or as well as we would like to. Right. And so we may not even know who we really are or what we really want. And that is, an, you know, as a, a result of, I think culture, right. As, 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 moms and as workers and just everything that's expected of us, we're tired. Right. And we just don't realize that we don't even know who we are anymore, I think. So I'd love some perspectives and thoughts on that as well. I, you know, and I I see that
1: come up a lot for moms because sometimes, you know, they get stuck and I've seen this happen to my, my very best friend and, and I had to like pour out of it, you know, kicking and screaming. And, and it's like, we get so caught up and I'll go back to that, like what we should be doing concept, right. Of, of I'm doing, doing, doing for everybody else. I'm making sure everybody else is happy and content and the kids are taken care of. And my husband is okay. My parents are all right. And I'm showing up at work and serving my coworkers and, in being a, a, a quote unquote, good girl, right. Like doing all the things that I know I should be doing and what people are expecting of me, we forget what it is that we want. Like we, we are living the, the, the pattern of of every single day and we fall into this routine. And I think a lot of the time we tell ourselves like, I'm fine. Right. Um, good enough. And, and it's just such a line of BS. And, and when I, I meet with women or couples even, and I say like, what are your goals? And, and some women, depending on what stage they're in, they, they're like, Ooh, I, I don't know. I haven't thought about that really. Like I didn't know I needed any. And, and, and it's like, well, well, what, yes, you do. Right. Like, what don't you want? Let's start there. And, right. and, and starting to really think about like, what, if, if there was no one around you or depending on you or, or pulling you in a bunch of different directions, what do you want? And that's where we start, you know, um, because that's when you're allowed to really step into your authentic self, but we can start building a plan around a a future that you want, not the one that you think you should be living based on everyone else's needs and expectations. And, um, and that's really, really important to, to do that and give yourself permission to do it and, and start thinking about it and, and really writing that down, because if you don't, um, time just evaporates and and it's so important to take pause and do that but then also to to really think about like well what am i doing right now that's not in alignment with what i want and who can I start setting some like boundaries around or, or what can I start setting some boundaries around and, and stopping the madness because um, we, we forget that we can say no and, and we forget that we can choose something different or ask our husband to help or hire help for that matter, you know, depending on, on what you wanna do. And, um, and, and I think it, it's just it, to your point again, like you mentioned this earlier, like like it's this systemic cultural thing, you know, where there's all this pressure that we have to do it all, be it all. And we're constantly comparing ourselves to everybody else. And um, and no one talks about the pressure of that breaking point And in really thinking about like, wait, wait a minute, who, who am I? Who am I becoming? And what is this one life I want to live?
0: It's really hard to not get caught up in the in in that stuff right in the culture and I think we're in a culture that that glorifies busy busy Mm -hmm. equals good busy equals status busy equals you know you must be somehow better than somebody else right and I don't think we actually articulate that but I think sometimes that's just kind of like an embedded like ingrained belief maybe that we have and so, yeah, I mean, I think you were spot on with the what you were saying around, you know, how, how do we even find out what it is that we want? I think our gut tells us we just don't slow down enough to actually listen to that, that instinct, right? I had, um, I was working with a coach a, a while ago and it was like, the literally get out a piece of an exercise was get out a piece of paper and say, what do I want? What do I want? And so many times you, know, you don't know, but you start very, I actually, it was two lists. Like, what do I want? And what do I not want? But the, but if the, the list of what do I want, it seems so overwhelming, but you start small. Like, what do I want right now? I want to take a shower. I want a glass of water. I want to take a nap. I want so whatever it is, just something very small. And I think once you start to like, get, once you start doing it, your brain starts thinking bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that's really important. And then on the other side of that, you know, making a list of like, not this, right. Like, like Mm -hmm. what is it that's going on in my life right now that I don't want to keep going and I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. And that's the list that you talked about. I think that, that we really need to start defining more boundaries around and for uh, somebody I'm, I'm a highly sensitive person. And I think, um, being a female, that's very common. But when I was growing up eighties, nineties, that wasn't a thing. And so it was like, Oh, just, you know, don't worry about that or grow a thicker skin, Megan, or whatever. And I feel like that's also the things that, um, that the boundaries are extremely important for people like that, because we can get so caught up in uh, feeling everybody else's stuff that we forget to feel our own. And so yeah, yeah. we take on all of those other emotions and people's you know, the the stuff going on in their lives. And we forget to focus on what's actually happening in our world. And that is really, I think the beginning of the neglect. And so when I see myself doing that, that's when I was, I'm like, okay, I got to pause and I need to set some boundaries and that's harder. That's, that's very much a hard thing to do when you've already set these expectations of yourself. Right. And so many women, I think, feel that, right. Do you, do you see, where do you see boundaries coming into play with your clients? Uh, so, well,
1: <laughs> I, uh, this morning, for example, um, yes. I, I have a client who she is, she's running a business and, and money's tight. Cause she is in a business that got impacted by COVID yeah. and, uh, she has her 26 year old son living with her. And, um, we, I literally had to like, tell her to like, he can pay for his own car and car insurance, you know, like he can go get a full-time job. He's 26. Like, what were you doing at 26? You know? And, and she's like, right. well, he was four and I was working full-time and I was, and I was like, exactly, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's almost like that. Okay. So a lot of boundaries and, and that was of course maybe an extreme example, but A lot of the boundaries are around kids uh, and adult kids, actually, nowadays, uh, more so. And uh, we feel like we just have to give. And sometimes that comes from or stems from uh, what we didn't get as a child or we didn't have a good relationship with our parents. So we're terrified of ruining the ones with our kids. And so if we tell them, no, that means it's going to crumble, right? Um, Of course, that's not true. Uh, Kids are very resilient. And sometimes tough love is the best love. That's how they learn. Um, but, but setting boundaries with kids, setting boundaries with, with friends, um, and saying no to things that you just don't feel like doing, they will still be your friends. Um, you know, setting boundaries at work. I think uh, a lot of time we pile it on, pile it on, pile it on, and we get to a point of complete exhaustion. And we forget that we can say no or delegate down or ask for help there, especially a lot of uh, women entrepreneurs that I work with. They, they take on all of these different things and they forget that they don't have to control it all, that they hire smart employees for a reason. They can delegate that down and, and shift a lot of that responsibility too. And, um, and even at home, I, you know, I think it's asking your husband to do stuff like he can, you gotta ask, you know, um, having your kids do stuff if they're old enough to do stuff and they can, you gotta tell them. And, um, you know, we just, I, I think sometimes, and, and I'll go back to moms. I think that's because I, you know, I, I work with so many of them and all my dearest friends are moms and, um, you know, we're, we're good at playing this martyr card. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I have so much to do. I'm so very busy, but like, we're not doing anything to help ourselves. <laughs> and so, um, it's, it's, it's that kind of, uh, you know, shift, I think, in, into stepping into, okay, like, what is all this stuff that's not serving me that I just need to cut out, right? What can I get rid of that's weighing me down and I'm going to be better for it. And then what's the other stuff that I just need to start setting some hard boundaries around and, and then literally just, you know, asking, asking for help.
0: And how much of it is just like filler, you know, like how much of the things that we do to keep ourselves busy is just to kind of keep ourselves busy because maybe we don't want to actually, we, we don't want to sit and address those. Uncom- we don't want to feel uncomfortable. Right. I do that a lot. And I know it's, if I do it, everyone, a lot of other people do it out there too. Right. And, um, and I think, you know, it's, it's, having the awareness that this is why we're doing these things. And maybe let's kind of, you know, if we address it firsthand, maybe it won't be as scary as it seems to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're so right. And I think, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, with some of my business coaching clients, I have them do a time awareness log. Cause like I, I call them out, you know, you're so busy. Well, why, you know, yeah. um, and, and a, and, a lot of it is stuff that is just unnecessary or it's fake work or it's, it's filling the time because to your point, you know, busy is this big badge of honor and we always have to be doing something, but it's like, you know, if you sat with yourself for a moment or you had that extra time, what could you do with it? right what would you do with it if you could free that up and and would that be the time that allows you to get you back that allows you to take care of your mental health that you know whether it's a nap meditation working out um you can you can make time for it but we just have to prioritize it
0: yeah i love that the idea of a time awareness log i think that even you know everybody should be doing that or at least to some extent like just having some general awareness of how they're spending their days because we don't even know sometimes, right? And all of a sudden three, oh, sure. four or five hours will go yeah. by. We're like, what did I even do today? <laughs> what are some other tips that you use with your clients, whether they're business, women business owners or just women in general? I, I'd love to just have some concrete thoughts, <laughs> tips that maybe little takeaways for the listeners.
1: Sure. So um so if you are someone who is saying how busy you are and you're stressed out that you're not finding time to prioritize that are important, I will say that time awareness log is amazing. Uh I actually do it myself at least once a year. I I have my team do it because we get into these little patterns that you don't recognize. And so when I say time awareness log, like this isn't just for work, like it's for everything. So from the time you wake up in the morning until the time you go to bed. Track everything and how much time it takes you, because another thing that we do is we associate things that we don't like doing with more time than what they really take, yes. and we associate things that we enjoy with less time than they really take, and that can stress ourselves out too, where we think we have a lot to do when it just might be five five minute tasks, right? But they're all things that we don't like doing, so so that's really important, so that you can find areas in your life where there's redundancies, things that can be uh, streamlined or more um, productive or or systematized a little bit better or things that you can cut out, or if you do find that you're binging on Netflix for five hours a week, and you didn't realize it, you just found time to work out, right? So (laughs) that's really big. Um, And then uh, another tip that I would say, and in this, I'll I'll give one on, on the money side is, is write down what it is that you want, write down your goals, and then go back and look at just your last month of what it is that you've been doing, your habits, You're spending, um, what it is you're saying yes to, what you're saying no to. And are those things, are those habits, are the places you're putting your money in alignment with where your goals are or not, right? Mm -hmm. It's a really good exercise because, um, and I'll say a really simple one if you're trying to get fit and you see the last month you have a lot of takeout and fast food, we have a habit to shift, right? If you want to, retire early and you're not maxing out your 401k, we have a habit to shift, you know, um, little things like that was very simple, uh, you know, surface level stuff, but, but it, it's so important to, to actually look at that and like have the light bulb click. And then you, you can find, okay, now what do I need to do, right. To, to make this happen, Who whether it's asking a, a professional for help, or you can figure it out yourself, depending on what it is. Um, that's really important too, is just like taking a little assessment of where you are, where you want to go and and, and, what to pivot on, um, you know, is, is also a, another really good tip.
0: The thing there too, is intention, like real, atten- real intention versus yeah. fake intention. You know, I think the example that you just said, well, do you want to lose weight? Do you want, do you really want to? Cause so many people say they want to, but then don't want to take the actual action to, to get uh-huh. there. Do you really want to retire early or do you just say you want to retire early? And it's like just checking in with yourself if that mm-hmm. is really coming from a place of authenticity, you versus yeah. what you think you should be perceived as, right? Mm-hmm.
1: One hundred percent. Yes. Um, and a lot of the time, too, I'll I'll ask why you want that goal. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, so write down your goal. But then, like, why do you want it? Um, and then how are you going to feel when it happens? Because that allows you to visualize and anchor the feeling to really create a much Thicker grounding of instilling the habit and the determination to to do whatever it is that that you need to on a daily basis, and and really um, focusing on what you need to do every day, because what you do daily matters way more, of course, than than what you do once in a while, and that that goes for everything, right? For for your work, your career, how you speak, your confidence, your money, you're in in everything, right? It, it is so much. Um, integrated with, with what it is that, that you want to do and and who you're becoming and and where you're headed. But, but ask yourself why you have those goals on paper is, is Mm -hmm. huge to your, your point, Megan, of that, like, is this authentic? Like, do I want it? Or is this just what I hear a lot? And it sounded good. Um,
0: Yeah. And I think reiterating that as well too, I mean, so many people might say it and it might come from a a place of intention Mm -hmm. But then again, life happens, you get caught up in it. So it's like yeah. reminding yourself on a daily basis. Like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, even if it's just, I got into a practice a while ago um, that I've fallen out of and I need to get yeah. back into, but of waking up, trying to wake up like 15 minutes before my kids do in the morning, which is these days like 4am. So it's impossible, <laughs> but at the same, but just giving yourself that kind of time, like 15 minutes of just quiet, where you can just like reconnect with yourself and say like, all right, what are my goals today? Who am I? What am I trying to do? And what is, you can write out all, these are all the things that I have to do today, but are they just, I think just, but, but kind of checking back into like, you're the original intention of it all. And just saying, you know, yes, I have all these things to do, but this is why I'm here. And are all these things in alignment with that? And it, you know, it, not everything is going to be, and I get that, especially with kids and all that stuff, but what's my true purpose here. And just kind of remembering that on a daily basis, because I think we get so caught up in just going through the motions, right. And just mm-hmm. get checking boxes just to check boxes that we don't realize the bigger purpose.
1: Yep. Totally. You're so, yeah. you're
0: so right. Yeah. Yeah. This is so fun, by the way. <laughs> This is, I love talking about this stuff. So as we think about wrapping up, because it's already been uh, a, a 35 minutes or so, if you could leave our audience with one piece of advice, what would that be? It would be pause
1: right now and think about what you want and then make a plan to take action on it. Now (laughs) the time is now it is not tomorrow. It's not next year. It's not next week. We always tell ourselves that it's right now. So even if it's one little thing, you're making one inch of a move, start now and that will help build that positive momentum moving forward. It is the most valuable piece of advice that I ever got. And, and that I am, I share with everybody all the time. Uh, You know, stop telling yourself later it's
0: now. So important! I love it. Awesome, thank you. You're so so I love this is the part of the conversation where you get to talk about yourself. So please tell everybody how they can find you and they can follow the work that you're doing in the world, and please promote everything you've got going on.
1: Thank you. So I would love everyone to follow us on Instagram. You can find us there. Our Instagram is pow her house money. So let's p o w h e r h o u s e m o n e y Uh, on our instagram we're always doing a lot of fun tips videos and then we also have the link in our bio with everything that we have going on so all of our Workshops or courses. A link to our private Facebook community. We have this amazing community, the Money Bitch Community, full of women who are there to network, support each other. We're always doing uh, master classes in there and, and giving financial tips and updates and anything that we think is is of benefit um, and what the community needs. So I, I would love for everybody to join that. And there's also access to our, our websites there and, and how to buy the book. So so that is is really the best place to. Find us is is right there on Instagram. So thank you, Megan.
0: Awesome, and I'm going to be joining the group. Promise you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Nicole. This has been just an absolute pleasure talking with you. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you.